0: This is the Dice Tower Network at Dicetowernetwork.com.
1: Hello, and welcome to Rolling Dice and Taking Names, your Southern Board Gaming podcast of choice. We hope. We're still a proud member of the Dice Tower Network, and my name is Marty. And I'm Tony. Hey guys, how's it going out there? And this episode is called Walk Like an Egyptian. And it's funny, whenever you pick these these titles, I'm supposed to kind of try to figure out what this one was. I immediately got this one, because I finally had the chance to sit down and play Rodney Smith's favorite game of all time, Kemet. So I'll talk about that for a little bit. Yeah, you will. You tweeted it out.
0: You know, the other thing when I put the title on here, Marty. Okay, who was the um, Bengals' um, little short singer? What was her name? Oh,
1: my gosh. Yeah,
0: exactly. So anyway, whenever I do it, I always think about how much fun they made of her on the video where she looks left and she looks right when she's doing Walk Like an Egyptian.
1: Yep, and uh, did did you hear the story behind that? So everybody thought she was uh, trying to look uh, sexy. It's Susanna Hoffs. And um, so she thought, ooh, you had this look at the camera. She was just actually looking off to the side. She said something distracted her or something, and she's just kind of looking off to the side when she did it. So everybody thought, ooh, look like at that sexy look she just gave. It's like, no, I'm just looking at something. Oh, uh, okay. So, yeah. And thanks for having that song stuck
0: in my You're head. You're welcome. Down. That's, hey. I am here to provide. So, all right, so we're going to talk a little bit about Kemet tonight. What else we got on the t- uh, out there on the table for us?
1: I don't know. You're looking at the same notes I am. Okay. Oh, we're going to talk about some uh, Fantasy Flight news that was released right before Gen Con. And by the way, we're recording this on August 13th, 2014, which is the Wednesday before the opening of Gen Con. So, we're kind of bummed out, but you know, by the time this comes out, it will be over and behind mm-hmm. us. And hopefully, we'll put the little green monster away. But what has happened is, is by the time you hear this, I'm sure there'll be tons of news um, that was released at Gen Con. Um, but what we're going to talk about is some things that uh, Fantasy Flight teased us right before uh, Gen Con started exactly and you know what marie back to that
0: you know yeah great everybody so you'll hear all the news and, and so in our next show we'll probably be discussing the news just like everybody else so uh, you know you'll hear it we're not there yada yada let's move on with it you know
1: <laughs> but we do have Gin Cant 2014 we're right in the middle of right now
0: Gin can can't go that's a lot of fun easiest convention i've ever had to get to Cheapest one too. You got that right. Um, also, we got some. We're going. We've got a follow up to last um, episode story about Puerto Rico. I got a follow up, so we're going to tease y'all with that a little bit. I can't wait.
1: Oh, and- I forgot. I forgot. I can tell a little bit about Dead of Winter. That- oh.
0: Of dead of I
1: didn't even put that on the show notes, and it just hit me. I need to touch on that a little bit. Yeah, you do. We got that
0: in there, uh, recent games, and I've also got uh, talking a little bit about Eldritch again. I know everybody's tired of hearing about that, but I had another play session with that, and we'll talk about that some and um, remind everybody why, why you should never, ever play Eldritch Horror with eight people. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I, I, when, you said, when you said you were going to do that, I was sitting there in my mind. It's like, no. That's going to be a nightmare, and I, I think it was, but I guess we'll hear about it. It was a it was a horror. Oh my! Anyway, we also got our at the table segment. Uh, we asked the question last time. We answered the question last time. And we had our top five reasons why we're glad we're not at Gen Con, and we had to try to come up with five because it's it, I can think of a thousand reasons why I would want to be there, but we put that out to our listeners and we took it to our game club and we got some answers there and we got some pretty good ones. We got some really funny ones. So I'm looking forward to doing that. Oh, me too. And then finally, um,
0: hang with us, guys. I'm not even going to put this in the notes on the blog, but we will be announcing during this show a special contest that Marty was able to hook us up with. with Hook, not us, hook y'all up with, and that is Y-A-L-L, this way I spell it. So it's somewhere in the show. So yeah, I'm not going. We're, it's just a tease. So it's in here. Trust us, it's here. You got to make it all the way to the end if you want. <laughs> if you want to find out, you don't know where it's going to be, but it's somewhere in this show, guys.
1: That's, that's funny. You got to make it all the way to the end, but you don't know where it is. But it's probably at the end.
0: <laughs> but it may be it may not be, man. It may be in the beginning. I could say it's going to be now, but it's not.
1: <laughs> How about the uh, no, no. Um, yeah, we do have a, a really cool prize. We'll talk about uh, what it is. We had um, a friend of ours uh, want to donate a, a prize for our show to give away. And, and uh, we're really excited about it. So we'll, we'll we probably should put the link in the blog, don't you think, in case people want, we want people to have a chance to win, right?
0: Oh, we'll put the link in the blog. I'm just saying they won't
1: know. Okay. The details of it. Okay. I get yeah. what you're saying. I see what you're saying.
0: Yeah. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll put it. Yeah. We'll put it out there for him. I'm not going to be that cruel. I'm not going to make you like go find
1: 15 symbols across the internet. <laughs> that was, you know, when we were asked to do that, what Tony's referring to is a uh, Callus game labs asked us if we wanted to be a part of their um, crossfire contest where somewhere on our website, we embedded the shadow run uh, logo or icon and, And um, people had to find it. So Catalyst Game Labs just contacted 15 gaming sites, or uh, just contacted gaming sites, said the first 15 can can participate, and we did. And just said, all right, guys, there's 15 out there, go find them. And I'm like, are you insane? This is like a needle in the haystack. It took people three or four days to find them all, and I think it eventually got to the point that some of the harder ones, those websites actually had to give hints because they were just not being found.
0: Oh, you say needle in hey? It's a needle in a needle stack, hey! Perseverance, who I uh, salute whoever won it. Salute! I mean that is just that's
1: incredible. Wow! Yeah, and they got a, they got a free game of Crossfire, which I'm so excited to play. I cannot wait. I think it's released um, at the end of August, so I'm very excited to play that game. And you know, for our I made it easy on ours. I just embedded it on our episode where we actually talked about Crossfire last year after you got back from Gen Con and we played the demo version right yep it
0: comes here i think it's due to the house in three weeks man oh i i'm so pumped
1: i'm ready to play that game that's going to be a lot of fun
0: well i'm i'm excited uh, i mean i know you got uh pa- pa- panamax why do i want to call it panamax i don't know is it panamax it is panamax, it is panamax. Yeah. well i think maybe it's from general 2014 i'm getting confused with the other game that was uh, Pan- panaman panaman yeah um <laughs> yeah. but anyway but and i'm I'm every day I come home and I quickly check where Donna puts my mail. and I'm hoping there is a box from Stronghold by Among the Stars. You, but you're talking about Among the Stars, right? I know, I know, but I'm still, I'm, I'm, I'm Jones and you got dead of winter. I'm like,
1: Marty got a new game. I want a new game. And I, where is it? I know. I, I cannot wait to play I have heard so many good things about it, and there's incredible buzz with Panamax. I watched a kind of how it's played video, and it looks really good. So we got some good stuff coming to play this fall. Um, but we do want to talk about uh, something else that uh, uh, that we want to promote, and that is a, a Kickstarter that we got from uh, designer Chris Handy, who now has currently has a Kickstarter going on called uh, Paco Games. And we had touched on this on the last show that uh, he sent us some of his games to try out and these are uh they're really mini micro games. I mean they look about like I said on the last show they look almost like a pack of gum uh mm-hmm. size of a pack of gum and each one just contains a set of cards and some rules and there's just some different games here. So I got them and Tony and I split them up and uh so we could each play them with, with prospective people. So I played uh one of the games last night and uh, uh with our uh, friends at the game club and he has these broken down into three types there's like a casual an intermediate and a little more uh, a complicated hardcore uh, type game and I, I played the one that was a little more uh, complicated and it's called uh, gym and uh, the concept is, is, is pretty simple so the idea is that you have some money that you're trying to invest in buy gems. and buy um, gyms and it's an auction game so you're, you're given some money and at the beginning of a round uh, you have some gems out in the middle of the table uh, you have uh, four sets of gems there's six rounds so there's going to be different sets of gems for each round and basically you place a bid and you know you can bid um, for starting out uh, you have a uh, uh, money cards of one two and three so you can bid up to six and you place a bid for a gem and it goes around the table the person with the highest bid gets that gem that they just bought well the gem itself has values on it too that can be used for the bid but the trick of this game is, is that you have a, a, a two numbers on the uh, the card, a red number and a green number. Uh, when the green number is facing up away from you, that uh, that number is what's used for for bidding. And when you bid and use it, it flips around to the red uh, to get it to flip back to the green. You have to uh, leverage other uh, money or gem in order to flip it back around. And so it's this whole idea of investing and leveraging the money that you got so that you can make sure you have it available for the next round. And the uh, trick is, is that at the end of the game, uh, the person who has the most money that's available to invest wins the game. So it's one of those things where if you don't, uh, leverage uh, all your gems and get them turned back around to the investment, uh, side, they won't count for you in points. Sounds kind of odd, but if you go out to his, um, is a uh, uh, Kickstarter at the pack of games. He's got like a three minute video on how to teach it after playing it. Uh, everybody, uh, at first, it was, took a little while to get going. But once we kind of understood the mechanics, we actually we had a really good time. We actually ended up with a lot of AP. Because you're sitting there and you're trying to do all this math. Like, if I bid this, I can get this gem. But to get that gem flipped back around, I need to save enough money to in, uh, leverage it in order to flip it back around. So there's a lot of that going on. So we did suffer from a little bit of AP. But it was a it was a pretty good game. And that was one of the two I played. Which, uh, which ones I give you? I can't remember.
0: Marty, you gave me um, Hugh and Fly. Um, Hugh's the one that everybody's been talking about, and I appreciate you letting me give that a try. So I got I got those, and I mean, you can go out there. He's actually got Hugh out there for a learn how to play. And <clears throat> one thing I will say about these games, Marty, the ones I've tried out, I mean, there's like you said, there's he's got all of them listed, and a whole bunch of opportunities depends on the stretch goals. But um, he says it's for ages eight and up. Uh, I completely agree with that. Hue was a game that requires you to basically play colors um, as my wife calls it like the color splotches from Home Depot or or Lowe's or whatever home improvement that's what it looks like you got these three colors on it so you've got these three color splotches and you're trying to build uh, color strands that are connected together, so that when you score at the end of the last card in your hand is your scoring card, and because of that, um, whatever three colors you have on that card are shown. That's how you score points with the middle color being the one that's multiplied by two. So it's a real easy game. That one thing I will say about these games, Marty, that impressed me was the instructions. Because this game is in a pack of uh, gum, like you said, it's just like a pack of gum. Very small, very combined. I was. Uh, when I, when you gave them to me, I'm like, okay, I understand what everybody's been saying, but until you get your hands on it, you don't realize exactly how small this is. It, it works great. I put it in my pocket, I carried it over to the neighbors for game night while to teach them to get their opinions, as well as my family, and we all played them. And, you know, it, I was like, this is real simple. It's quick. It was easy. I was able to explain it in under three minutes, but it did take them two times to play Hugh to really understand the scoring. But, um, I think they were there. You know, they're in college. They were like, uh, "This game's for younger kids," and and I can mm-hmm. definitely see that for these games. And Hugh was an intermediate game, from the strategies concept of it. So it, it's it, it definitely a. 8-plus works for these games. So I think you need to keep that in mind as you look at this or if you're thinking about backing this game. You may want to definitely think about, you know, what, what game level do you have here? Do you need it real quick? I mean, it, it takes five minutes to play these games. You're done. What's not? Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh,
1: this is how long it took, Hugh? Because it took us about 20, 25 minutes for Jim.
0: No, Hugh was, I mean – Five, 10 minutes max for Hugh. It's intermediate. Okay, okay, yeah. So I don't know what
1: gym it is, Is what level it is. It's, it's the three. It's the highest. So it's the highest. Okay. Yeah. And it says on here, actually on the pack, that it takes about 30 minutes. That's probably right. 20, 30 minutes to finish it. I mean, it's one of those things that it's just a, it's just a bunch of cards, but you, you got a, a nice little uh, game in here.
0: Yeah. When you say cards, I'm seeing, hey, we're talking, it
1: is, it's sticks of gum, very thin sticks of gum. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that, that's good. Yeah, it's, it's cards that are shaped like thin sticks of gum, and all of them are the exact same way. Every game is shaped and configured the same way. The other game I had, this, uh, the TKO, is basically a two-player game, and this is one that was a little bit easier. You have a fire out on the table, and uh, both of you simultaneously select an action that you want to do, like a body blow or head blow or block the body or head block, and then you compare the two, and depending on what happens, you score points by hitting the other person, and the whole goal is to knock out the other guy. So it's a really quick-moving game. Uh, it's only for two players, but this is definitely one that uh, you can – it says ages 8 and up, Yeah, and Jim the, the says 10 and up. So that's, that's probably pretty right. Jim was a little bit more difficult. And your other one was what, Fly?
0: Fly, it's a dexterity game. Um, I'll be honest. I'll throw it out there. Lord knows I'm not blunt enough as it is, but it, uh, we read the instructions, and the – college kids said no we're not gonna play it i said right <laughs> and they said no i said okay i'm not gonna force anybody to do anything but you sure you don't want to play it and they're like no i said okay fine i'm not gonna am not gonna force y'all but do you not want to play it
1: they're like no i said okay fine we'll play hugh again and they said uh, okay Huh? So they just don't want to do a dexterity game. Well, that's probably. What's the ages on that? It's probably for um younger people to yeah, it's, probably it's get into that. At the bottom. So, so I, I definitely, as you're looking at
0: this over at the Kickstarter for him, um, Hugh. That's a great quick game. It's a. It's not a heavy strategy game, but there is some strategy in it. it, it it's it's always changing at the end. I think I enjoyed it more than. Um, my daughter did. Um, she uh-huh. didn't feel the strategy, and I'm like, "But the strategy is: how do you score? How do you screw up the other person?" And she's gonna, she's like, "No, it's not. You're just throwing down cards." Okay, let me try this again, sweetie. You're trying to mess with the other person, uh, so you you gotta. I think it's a, a, there's more game there for people who understand it. You know, uh, I hate to say it. She just, I think she just got jaded on it and said, "Yeah, it's okay." I'm like, yeah. I'm like, you're missing it. That's why I'm beating yeah. you.
1: Well, all the gamers last night were like this. This is these these games, these pack of games, are really good. You can throw them all five in your pocket, all four or five in your pocket, and it's one of those you just want to pull out and do a quick filler, which is kind of what these games are made for. It's really good for that. The the uh, Kickstarter has funded. Again, we'll have a link on our website. It's called Pack of Games, and um, it's by uh, designer Chris Handy. We really appreciate him sending these games to us. And since it has funded, I think it's going to unlock additional games that will be available uh, for you to get. I think they start out like just 6 bucks a apiece, but you can combine several of them together and get a pack and, and save a little bit of money. So uh, go check that out on the Kickstarter. Again, Pack of Games.
0: All right, let's look at some news that came out before Gen Con here that's already old news because you're listening to the show after Gen Con, and you've already seen it, but stuff that got our attention. Now, one of them definitely um, got my attention, and we'll save that till last because the reason why is I don't have a lot to say about the, f- the other
1: thing, XCOM. I never played the video game, Marty. You owe it to yourself the next time that it's on sale on Steam for $5 to get it. It is a uh, turn-based strategy game. Th- this game is, it was uh, not a remake, but it was a new version. I think the first version came out in the 90s. Uh-huh. It was a very, very popular strategy game. And in 2012, they released a, a new updated uh, version. Again, it, it won tons of awards. If you could look at the awards it won in 2012, it's just amazing. It's just a really deep turn-based strategy game. Okay, so there's automatically an audience for it. So then Fantasy Flight announces, hey, guess what? We are going to do a co-op game built on XCOM where uh, you're doing, you're playing different roles of these people in this unit. And these aliens are coming in and, and trying to uh, take over the planet and destroy your base and whatnot. But the kicker is you have to use a digital app that uh, comes with the game. And I thought that was really cool. The app will... Walk you through the scenarios and help set up the game for you, and has a a built-in timer. You can't separate them. People are already asking, "Look, can I play the game without the app?" And they said, "No, the app is integral to the game."
0: And and, and yeah, go go ahead. ahead.
1: Go ahead. No, you you first. No, 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 because I was getting ready to stop anyway.
0: Oh, okay see and everybody's out there you're hearing two sides of the story here this i have been paying attention to like oh i can't believe they're putting an app in this i you know whoa that's not what board games are about they're not supposed to be you know having this computer stuff it's about interaction why are you tying a computer in hey i had a computer board game when i was growing up called stop thief you've heard me mention it It had a computer thing in it i'll admit it was like playing the nfl football game but that's beside the point I'm really excited about this. I would love to have an app to help me set up Robinson Crusoe. <laughs> yeah. I mean, my daughter brought me Robinson last night. Her and her boyfriend said, let's play this. I said, hey, I would love to, but it's going to take us an hour to get refresh the rules. I haven't played in so long, and I, I don't remember how to set it up. Go get Puerto Rico. So anyway... I would love to have that. I think this is brilliant. I mean, who doesn't have an iPad? I have an iPad sitting around for seven wonders just to
1: score, you know? Well, here's the, here's the deal. And they say you don't even need an iPad This going to also be on a website. They said if you're reading this news right now, you have access to the app. So you don't even need a smartphone or a tablet to do this.
0: And I understand not everybody has a smartphone by the way. Everybody, I got a new phone, so you'll get to see new tweets from me. Yay, finally, I get to tweet. Anyway, yeah, um, yeah I know you're, you're tired of doing it all by yourself. You've been doing it for one and a half years. Why not? Why stop now? So, um, but yeah, um, exactly. You, you've got
1: them if you're reading it. You've most people have tablets. I mean, I hate to well, say again, it. again, this is what I'm saying. You don't need a tablet if you have a laptop. If you just can get access to a website, you can do this.
0: I understand. But I'm saying, you know, everybody, it seems like, Marty, everything is moving
1: to these small devices.
0: But I agree yep. with you.
1: And, and here's, here's the thing is um, if you don't like it, don't buy it. Exactly. You know, people people are so ticked off. Well, great. I want to be able to play it off the app. Okay, you can't. Don't buy the game. When I look at, I mean, this is a typical Fantasy Flight game. I'm looking at a picture of it now. Tons of cardboard, lots of cards, there's dice. And yes, there's an app off to the side that's kind of running in the background and kind of helps you with the game. What's the big deal? I think I cannot wait to see how well this works because if this works well, I think you're going to see a lot more companies starting to integrate digital apps into their games. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, I agree with
0: you. I, I think it's an incredible step forward. So, Okay, so moving forward, I'm, yep. I'm, I'm gonna wait for reviews on that, and we'll we'll see. I mean, I'm in very interest because you know me, I love my um, my um, co-op games. Yes, so um, I'm very excited. But I like the theme. I I love the the theme of you know
1: space. So I, I look forward to that. And I like the um, there is a, a push your luck mechanic, which I was somewhat intimidated by. I didn't like it first. I now dig uh, push your luck. But the way they do it, it it's 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 really cool. Like every task that you have to do, uh, there's a threat level, and it starts as, as one. They're saying here, and you have these blue dice and your X dice, and you have a single red enemy die. And as long as the result of the enemy die, the number is higher than your threat level, you can continue. So as you continue to press your luck, the chances of that number on that die you know, not being higher... It has a chance of of tripping, obviously. So it's not a true pressure luck, almost like a a zombie dice type deal. There's a little bit of strategy to it. You just realize mathematically, if I push my threat level too high, there's a very good chance that it's going to fail on me sort of deal. So when I first heard the push-your-luck mechanic, I was somewhat eh until I read it, and I'm like, I'm cool with it. So I I saw pictures of this in the box tonight on Fantasy Flight's uh, booth. I'm, I'm assuming they're going to have some demos, and probably by the time this comes out, you could probably get some hands-on uh, demo description. So I can't wait to see what people say about it.
0: Okay, but the other news, the other news that yes. really got me um, psyched was Star Wars Armada. That Yes. Uh, I, I did not break out the Star Wars X-Wing that I picked up real cheap at Target because I was sitting there thinking, do I really want to invest in this? I, but I loved playing uh that's a yeah x-wing um i enjoyed the star star trek attack wing which you know has the base the same base to it but armada oh that just the ships look great you and i love the fact the leviathan thoughts i mean that that whole movement track that one i'm really looking looking at i'm like oh this is going great this
1: is going great and then all of a sudden you tell me but it's (laughs)
0: going to cost a hundred dollars i went get out of
1: town oh no yeah (laughs) Yeah, this is just a repo I mean they posted on their website, Fancy Flight, ninety-nine ninety-five. So even with a discount, you're probably looking at, you know, $70, 75 bucks. And I'm like, uh, I don't know now. I mean, what you referenced Leviathans, one thing that we liked about Leviathans was the, the fact that you've got these huge ships that take a long time to turn mm-hmm. and navigate. Mm-hmm. And it's funny. You and I like that. But a lot of people don't like this armada idea because they love the dogfights of the X-wing, and to me, I like the slow moving. You got to get, you know, two. You got to think two or three turns ahead to get in position, mm-hmm. and that's what this looks like with these larger ships. So I'm with you. I just like the large ship mechanic. I'm also with you that man for a hundred bucks. I Ooh, don't know.
0: I know. Star- I know. Target's not going to put that on the clearance rack. So anyway for 10 bucks yeah and yeah. no, i ain't gonna happen anytime soon but, I, I, but maybe it's just where we are our, our age Marty, we like things a little bit slower <laughs> you know we're doing, <laughs> i'm sorry and you know sitting on the porch drinking our tea sitting back and enjoying the, the slow uh summer nights here in the south you know that's probably why we like these types of games that i and, and it did the um just, just, just the ships. I, I like that whole. That's why I like Star Trek Attack
1: Wing because, yeah, because it, it was large. It was the larger ships, it was right? Large, it, it was the you know the, the big interstellar cruisers. It's a trap. Yeah, not 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 physical larger ships. It's just that those ships right. were considered to be larger, so the way they moved was different.
0: Exactly. So
1: yeah, and and so the one thing I'm also curious about too is you know with um, X Wing, that's like okay if you're going to play this to be competitive, you got to get two of these. Um, I assume you ain't got to do this with this game. You better not have to. You buying your own copy?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. I, I mean, I because you know, you know X Wing has this big competitive tournament type thing. It's almost like a miniature war game. Right. I was almost kind of hoping that Armada was like, you pay a hundred bucks, that's it. You got the complete game. You don't have to ever buy anything extra and you're not missing out on the experience. I don't know how it's going to be. I'm sure they may at least ex- release expansions to it, but I wonder if it's going to be, if they're planning on using this in organized play events or not, like they do with X-Wing. Right, and how do they compete against Attack Wing at that price point? I, you mean X-Wing?
0: No, 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 no. I consider this a entry into or a, a competitor against Attack Wing because you're dealing with the same type of ships.
1: Well, here's the thing. I can almost consider it a a uh, competitor against X-Wing, and I wonder if they're going to cannibalize sales for X-Wing or vice versa. So we don't know. It's interesting. We'll, we'll, we'll see how this pans out. Uh, it's just and fun. I don't think this is supposed to hit until first quarter of 2015. Mm-hmm. I, I could be wrong. I, I know it's not. they're not releasing it at Gen Con. They did have, um, obviously, pictures of what the ships look like. And, the, and I'm really curious about that uh, mechanism for moving, that bendy thingy. Oh yeah. That was awesome. Uh, I'm curious. I'm curious to see how that works. So, and by the time this is out, I'm sure we will know how that works, but right now with it being the day before Gen Con and we're not there, um, we just don't know.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah. So interesting news from fantasy flight as always, but of course, you know, so they released these two things right before Gen Con. And like I said, this will be old news to all you people for everybody later. So what is the big
1: surprise this year? You know, they always do it. Yeah, and here's the deal. Um, I was talking, uh, I can't remember who, who was talking, a distributor or something like that. Somebody asked him, and said, okay, was Armada the big news? And they, the guy went, no. He said, there is another big piece of news that's going to be released at Gen Con. Do you even have a guess on what it could be? I mean, XCOM and Armada is pretty big. What could be bigger? Okay, this would be my hope.
0: I know there's no way. But I'm going to fathom a guess here. Netrunner miniature game. Kind of like Descent? No? Okay. I, I know it's nowhere near, but that's my hope. I didn't say that's what they're doing. I'm saying that's my hope.
1: <laughs> <laughs> there's no
0: chance. I know that.
1: So, yeah. That's my guess. Yeah. I, Why not? That's an interesting guess. I know it's not going to come true.
0: Maybe they're going to do land units for X-Wing. I don't know, but, you know, to try to compete against D&D,
1: attack, whatever. Okay, here, here was my guess. Okay, let me hear it. Share the wisdom. Oh, I don't, I don't know. You know, there seems to be this thing of taking games that were big in the past and re-releasing them, and people just going gaga over it, Netrunner, Doomtown. Mm-hmm. So Fantasy Flight has a license with Games Workshop, Oh, I see where you're going. Games Workshop used to have a really big board game called Warhammer Quest. I'm wondering if they're going to say we're going to release like a second edition Warhammer Quest.
0: Yeah, but okay. I can see that. I can see that. I mean, they're already going to do the living card game. So, yeah, I'm with you.
1: What living card game? No, that's Warhammer 40K. This is the fantasy. Fantasy, I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm with you. This is is like a, a dungeon crawler game okay
0: if they do that and i can be either go trek or felix from that series you're in <laughs> i in. I'll, I'll put the hundred dollars from armada over there if i can be those guys and go out there or
1: better yet tyran and teslas or any of those guys you know i'm there well it's funny now that i uh said that now i just remember that i forgot oh that's right they had that other big game called descent which is a dungeon crawler so maybe i'm totally wrong that's what i'm saying netrunner
0: telling you, it'd be so awesome. Could you imagine?
1: If it is Netrunner, if it's a Netrunner Miniatures game, I will be so stunned. I am too. I'll be, I'll never again. Anyway,
0: (laughs) there's no way. So anyway, so that's it for um, the Fantasy Flight news that we were, they just, you know, hey, why are we talking about that? Because, hey, it got our attention. I mean, a lot of things are going to get our attention over the next week. It was just, it was just kind of neat that they released that information. And as always, you know. And the
1: internet blew up. Yeah. it's a look, a squirrel, you know, shiny, shiny, <laughs> exactly. Oh, so another big piece of news just uh, has not fantasy flight, but this was released today. Just um, uh, Paizo is working with uh, video game creator Obsidian, and they're going to come out with a Pathfinder adventure card game digital app. Mm-hmm. Well, the internet blew up on that, too. Of course, I was pretty excited about that because I like the physical game, so I'm curious to see how a digital app would work. So that's just on Wednesday night. Gen Con's not even started. Who knows what we're gonna hear about over the next several days? Oh yeah. Yeah. Look forward to it. Be I mean sure if, if you got Dyson Names
0: tweeter going, you'll you'll see both of us. Hey, there you go. Yep. So all right. Well, very good then. Anything else on this before we cut over to the next one?
1: No. Your segues are awful.
0: I work on it, okay? I'm still trying to get
1: my game <laughs> up. Okay. So you got anything else to say before we move on to the next segment? We're Would done. You- So, Tony, back in the spring, you or I, you, you or I, you okay, and I. Okay, my segues suck, but at least you've, my English is almost there. <laughs> my my segues, your segway sucks, my intro sucks. So maybe we need to flip and let me do the segues and you do the intros. Okay, done. <laughs> so back in the spring, you and I were big on Marvel Dice Masters. We got into the game, had so much fun we got some people playing in our local store and then all of a sudden, you know, we're having so much fun of doing this thing. Who? Where are the starters? Where are the boosters? And then as the weeks went on, the boosters didn't show up. No more starters came out. It's like people just kind of stopped talking about it. Mm-hmm. And the last tournament I went to, uh, you went to the uh, first tournament, right? Right, right. We had like We had like 10 people, good number. The second tournament, now, you couldn't make, but I went there. Again, we had 10 people. We had one guy drive about two or three hours away uh, from another city to play. And we had like a little Facebook group here of local players. But then over the past several weeks, some of the hardcore players got on and said, you know what, um, I'm out. I just don't want to play anymore, so I'm going to sell my collection. Another one of what I consider a hardcore player sold his collection You still can't find boosters around here. You can't find starters. People aren't buying it. Right now, in our local area, Dice Masters is dying. Oh, I think,
0: yeah, I agree with you. It's awful. And it's talking to our local game store. You know, they they got a tournament tonight, like you said, and I couldn't make it, and you couldn't, so a whole bunch of us aren't going to show up and basically talking to the owner. They're saying... I get no. I can't get a supply. I can't do anything. I cannot get this game into the store. I got an I got a, you know product for the tournaments. You know organized play, and but yet, I've got nothing to support it. And as far as selling you boosters and things like that, so it's a it's a shame, Marty. I think back to it about um, other games we've done, and I'm I'm chalking that one up there with it.
1: Well, it's here's the thing. It may I'm not saying. I mean. I'm sure nationally it's really hot in some places. I'm just talking about locally with our small group that we play with and the people that we have tournaments with. Maybe when Uncanny X-Men uh, will regenerate interest. But you and I talked about this. If um, Did I say a boat? Oh, my gosh. I've been around Rodney too long. Isn't that something sitting out in the lake? A boat? Yeah yeah <laughs> um, but you know those guys who sold their collection they're not gonna jump back to uncanny. There's no need to I mean, they w- just you know they bought all that stuff they sold it so they're they're out and here's the thing is I don't know about uh one of the gentlemen was a huge magic player at one time, so this isn't was was like a casual gamer. this guy was heavily invested to this game, he had one of every card he was reading you know, list on how to make, how to make the best list. He knew the rules inside out. He was heavy into it. And for a hardcore player to say, nap, I'm out. That's just not good. No, it's, it's not.
0: So, and I think back Marty to, to how this thing, when uncanny comes out, all right, I had a lot of thoughts, a lot of things going to run through my mind about this. First off, I think, okay, so let me understand this. And the reason why I was talking about chalking up to other things is I dropped $80 $80 on this yeah. just throw it out there yep to, to be able to play this game to enjoy the game wasn't trying to be one of the first but you know i knew how these things ran and i'm like okay yeah it's kind of disappointing they can't get the product out but you would think by now they would have it out there
1: hey, when was this uh march april yeah something like that yeah And it is now middle of August, and you still can't find a booster anywhere? I mean, I just don't understand how... I understand manufacturing takes time and stuff. But even before this came out, they knew they were going to be short. And I guess it just takes that long to make them? I I don't know. And for those people who were sitting there saying that you know this was uh, manufactured by WizKids to create this crisis... You know, there's just no way now because WizKids kids be making a ton of money if they had it out there. They don't want to see this happening. They, I'm, I went to a, I'm part of a, a larger Facebook group on Marvel Dice Masters, and I went out there uh, two days ago just to see how it was going. The top three posts were: here's a link to my eBay where I'm selling my collection.
0: Yeah, I, I can understand that. And and here's the other thing: after we got it and played it, so the hype's there. It's a fun game. Don't get us wrong. It's it's a fun game yes. to play, but. When you started seeing the same characters in everybody's setup, that's when you start thinking, okay, how is this thing balanced? How well is this? There's no different metas, you know. I'm not trying to go back and harp on how great Netrunner is, but you know, there's always something different you can try there, here. Yeah, Here, here's the beast six six six. Here's um, you know, here's uh, the
1: super rare Black uh, Widow. Black Widow.
0: Uh, uh, Hawkeye comes out. Oh, imagine that! Cyclops, you know, here's here's the various teams that everybody seems to be bringing. And but I will say this, Marty, if you're interested in this game and you want to go get it, now's the time to go out to you see. If I do any more of this, I am going to do. Exactly what I'm telling you everybody do if you want to give this game a try. You you go to Cool Stuff Inc. after the all the hype has died down, and if you want to play this game, right now you can buy all the commons. I think there's I forget how many commons there are. They're 40 cents each. And it's the commons with the dice. So you need four dice per uh, you know, that's usually the, at the mo- most at the most. So that's a dollar twenty. Times, let's say there's you know 20 20 20 for 20 dollars you can get all the dice you need and i can guarantee you that you know you could you can play that you'll have all the dice you need you may need to pick up some of the uncommons maybe some of the rares you're not going to be tournament ready that's why i'm like uh, if i do anything with uncanny that's how i'm going to go
1: yeah. It's, um, yeah, you still would need a starter. I don't think you get away from the starter because you need the bas- basic action. You need the action yeah, dice. You, you,
0: you need the starter. Hey, go to eBay. I hear people are selling
1: it. Again, it's not a bad game. It's not like I feel that the game is, is bad. and My opinion hasn't changed. What you said is true. A lot of people are using the same thing. I will say that's probably because this is the first set. Uh, remember when Netrunner did start, uh, there was some some corpse and some ids that weren't used at all because they just weren't big and as more right. cards came out same thing will happen uh, with this thing too it's just i feel i'm feel that maybe WizKids kids has lost this opportunity and potentially a lot of customers
0: yeah I, and i think that's it i'm done i'm washing my hand and if it's got collectible in front of it i'm done that's it no more you're not gonna pet me on anything else that's collectible that's it i'm done i'm over 80 dollars that's it i'm over Sorry. Okay, so when's the next one come out?
1: And it's like, yeah. Um, What about D&D? No. um, No? No, no, Mm -hmm. I I agree. And I I still, I've still, i said this from day one, I still have an issue with the super rares. And I guess that's what was frustrating too, right? When I played in that tournament, it was the super rares that dominated. You know, and people are like, oh, the super rares aren't that much better. Well, right now, two of them are. Because you see them in all the lists. Mm
0: -hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: But anyway, so that, I mean, that's. I just wanted to bring that up, just kind of a follow up on the Marvel Dice Masters and how again your area, uh, wherever you're listening from, may be hopping and you may have a very active Dice Masters group. It's just right here in our area, which is Charlotte, North Carolina. We see people who are heavily into it now, selling their collection, just totally getting out of it. Yeah,
0: I mean, d- but don't get us wrong. It, it was a. Gr- it is a good game. Fun. It is. It's a good game and. I just hate that we couldn't grow other than those who were able to get out on the internet at the right time and buy the starters and you know that did the pre orders. It's such a shame.
1: Yeah. It's such a shame. It is. So again, we'll kind of see where it goes, but I'm afraid and again with with Gen Con right here and we've got uh, all you know, we got uh, Doomtown, we've got um oh my gosh, D and D attack wing, we've got so many other not maybe collectible living card game collectible type things coming out that I'm afraid Dice Masters may be pushed aside around here. Oh, I know, and the Netrunner crew is growing. It is. It seems like we're adding a, a, a lot of people there until
0: Doomtown gets here.
1: Yeah, which is actually we pre-ordered that too, so we'll have that also to try out. It's but anyway, just, yeah. so, so many good things coming out. But any, anyway,
0: yeah. So one one last thing. So if if you're listening and you and you want to jump over to the Board Game Geek Guild for our guild. Love to hear where Doom, uh, no, Doom, Doom uh, Marvel Dice Masters is in your area. Did you get any product? If you hadn't, has it died out? What's the status over
1: there? Would love to hear about it. Exactly. Yeah. Let us know in your area. How do you? I mean, if you're playing it or if you uh, have it, do you still have see a lot of people playing it? Or if you don't have it, do you, I mean a lot of people in your area just lost interest? Let us know. I'm curious. <laughs> Appreciate you hanging with us So
0: guess what time it is It's at the table time And keeping in spirit from the last uh, episode Or two episodes ago I'm going to read straight from the website To see just how poorly I worded the question. So, <laughs> so. <laughs>
1: Oh you actually listen to that huh
0: uh, yeah, uh, yeah, I did. So, so here's what I wrote out on the board game geek, and you know, at the table, guys, we we we, we enjoy doing this just so we can get y'all's thoughts and we try to uh, get that conversation going. So, anyway, um, so Tony McCree posted at our board game guild. That is right. Why you are glad you are not going to Gen Con <laughs> like most everyone else? When do I write this stuff, morning, <laughs> like at two in the morning? <laughs>
1: Why you are glad you are not going to Gen Con like most everyone (laughs) else. What the heck? Let
0: me see if I can do this right. That is right. Why you are glad you are not going to Gen Con like most everyone else. It sounded good when I first typed it. Oh, my gosh. We told you our top five in episode 44, but what did we miss? Let us know. See, that was a better constructed sentence.
1: (laughs) Well, what I like is your next sentence. Go ahead. Shut up.
0: And if you are going, we would like to hear why you are happy about going. <laughs> and,
1: no, and it's not, It's just funny. It's like, if you're not going, tell us why. If you're going, tell us why. <laughs> okay, I'll tell you something.
0: Trying to stem conversation. We only got, what, 10 posts and two of them were you and I? So anyway...
1: But Uh. before we jump over to that, though, we do have our uh, segment where I go out to the game club and I ask some of our local gamers this question. And so I went out the other night and uh, unfortunately, I didn't get as many responses because I got sucked into a game of Kemet, which went over three hours. And by the time I was done, most people had left. So I was trying to grab people as they left. So I didn't get as many answers uh, as normally. But here's what we got. Why are you glad you're not going to Gen Con? My wife would kill me. <laughs> it's a little mean and stereotypical, but the body odor issue at conventions. Overpopulation would be my reason. Okay. I can't afford it. School is starting and I have to prepare. I have to take my unicorn to the races. That's actually a good one. That's
0: a good one. My four-year-old niece is visiting from Connecticut.
1: Oh, that's a sweet one. I have parent-teacher conferences till 7 p.m. Well, so there you go. I mean, there were some standard answers there. You know, uh, money, uh, wife would kill me, the always popular uh, have to race my unicorn. That's Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, I I didn't know that they had those kind of races, but okay, sure, why not? And it was funny. It kind of went from... Why are you glad you aren't going to? Why can't you go? As some people are like, Well, I got to work, you know, I got stuff yeah. going on. It's like, Oh, okay, whatever. You know, niece it, is it, coming in, it's town. late, yeah, yeah, it's it's late. Uh, that, that's fine. Thank you, thank you for answering. So, you know, you know what, you should have probably done? You could have probably changed your voice a few
0: times and recorded that. Oh, yeah, I should have. There you go. So, anyway, but I appreciate you getting that and remembering to turn on the recorder. So. So let's see what people put out there on the board game geek after that brilliantly worded question. You know, maybe I may just stop asking these questions.
1: (laughs) Hold on. Hold on. on. I got to say it one more time. Why you are glad you are not going to Gen Con like most everyone else.
0: Thank you. Thank you so much. Anyway. Oh, man. Uh, Who's yeah, first? Been, uh, well, we got our buddy Steve uh, Gibbs who did our graphic design for Rolling Dice Taking Names. And he's basically saying he, he doesn't want to be tempted by any more games and sit on the shelf unplayed. I'm with you, Steve. I understand how that's going. But, uh, you know, that's, that's why you go in there with a budget, man. You go to Gen Con with a budget, and you're good to
1: go, and then you, you blow the budget. Yeah, and then you blow the budget. Uh, Mark Kell, who was actually on our episode a few episodes ago when he was the one that explained to us about how to do math trades and, and trading on BGG, he gave a list of five because we gave five. He said, I'm giving fives, so here they are. His number five is, my older games get jealous when I hang out with the new shiny ones. That was good. I've never been before, and change is bad. People in costumes are scary and smell funny. Well, I don't know. They may, they may not. N- number two, I have no idea what a Hoosier is, and I'm not sure I want to find out. And the number one reason I'm glad I'm not going to Gen Con, I don't have to see that green-eyed monster, and tears evidently, come out of Marty and Tony when I'm around them and casually mention the subject of Gen Con. Eh, there's a lot of truth to that.
0: Ah, mm, uh, yeah, we could have gone over it. Uh, our buddy, Mike, um, by the way, I don't know if you know this, but, um, Mike's had a, um, he's, he's on the West coast now. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Mike, good luck. Uh, hope, hope everything goes well for you out there, man. And if I'm ever out that way, come to see you. Okay. Maybe not. So that's scary. I'm sure he's sitting there going, please don't. That's why I moved. Anyway. Um, so Mike basically said, because, and he's no longer a city. It's just a bunch of highways and overpasses in exchange. And he just drove
1: through there, so he knows from what he speaks. What do you got? Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, Chris, he also said, you know what? I'm going to give a top five reasons. So here is, You know, here's the thing is. Uh, these guys gave better questions and answers than what we did, because I was like, I need to try to be funny with this, and I didn't come across as, as funny, and these guys are giving humorous answers, so thank you for making this look bad. Anyway, uh, Chris says, number five, the possibility of cosplay brawnies being present. We resemble that mark. Uh, have you run, have you ever Did you run across a cosplay Brony last year?
0: Uh, not to my knowledge. I've, no there was Like I said, there's some things you can see
1: and some things you can't see. I did not see that. Okay. Uh, number four, it's Indiana, and I'm still mad at Bob Knight for breaking Dean's record. He's referring to Dean Smith, and obviously, this guy's some sort of Tar Heel fan or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, he has in big, bold, uh, capitalized letters, crowds and lines. Yes, and there are a lot of crowds and lines. And uh, tomorrow morning at 10 a.m., it will be a crowd like you can't imagine. Number two, I need my grits for breakfast, not cream of wheat. And as a good old Southern boy, I can appreciate that. And the number one reason I would just hate to be away from my wife for that amount of time. And then beneath it, can someone make sure my wife sees this? So, yeah, trying to earn some brownie points there. Yeah. Yes.
0: Our buddy sitting duck says, you know, for him, it's too long of a drive. Air fares, you know, air travel is not an option. Plus his stuff will end up in East Egypt or somewhere. Who knows? He's, Um, you got all these crowds there, people, and of course, always the, you know, the people that are constantly there 24 hours and the lack of hygiene gives him kind of the heebie-jeebies. And I completely understand that. And, you know, probably middle of August with his way things are going, air conditioning could break down. That would be awful. I could see that. So he's going to something of the Guns of August in
1: Williamsburg. I need to Google that. Right? Guns of head. August in Williamsburg, Virginia? Huh. Uh, I have to see that. There, I, I, that's interesting. Uh, H Medlin says he also gives a five-five list. One, hey, we started a little trend there poor food choices. Maybe I was looking in the wrong places, but I thought downtown Indy was lacking in food options. Well, I think they've actually added, you know, the food trucks now. So getting food, there's a lot easier than what it used to be during the con because they have all those trucks lined up out on the street. Walking with the, number four is walking with all the events spread out. You know, you're going to have to walk a lot and that's true. If if you're not into walking, then you definitely don't want to go to this. Number three, event registration. Can't jump on a computer to register events when uh, event registration opens. Too bad for you. Uh, so number three is missing out on games you really want to play. Yeah, with Gen Con events, there are some events that sell out quick, and you've got to jump on quick if you want to get in. Uh, number two, badge then hotel room. you got to buy the badge before you reserve your hotel room, then hope you get a hotel room. You know, that's a very good point, Tony. You know, they, they, you cannot even get into the hotel registration site unless you buy a badge. And then if you can't get a hotel room, then you're stuck trying to find a hotel somewhere that you may not have even wanted to you know, use. Mm-hmm. That is kind of backwards how they refor- they force you to do that. Must buy the badge before you can register for the hotel. And number one, money. It's always about the money. Expensive hotels, valet parking. Yep. It, it takes a lot of money to uh, go to Gen Con. Oh, yeah, it does. It's unreal. Um, I'll have to, you know,
0: as far as that hotel thing, when my daughter played um, club volleyball, we had to do that too.
1: Really register for, like, uh, going to the uh, event, and then you could then get the hotel? Uh, I was thinking of it,
0: but you had to use their hotels in order to be able to register for the event. So it's kind of strange.
1: Oh, yeah. yeah. The, you know, this one is is just like, no, you must buy a, a Gen Con badge, and then you use your badge to get into the hotel reservation site.
0: And then last but not least, um, before this gets on a little bit longer, BK says, you know, it's just too many people. Um, always bumping into people it's always crowded yeah it is crowded there's no doubt about that then of course once again the headache of getting a hotel connected to the convention and and it was he ended up staying at the airport it wasn't bad but you know still you you feel like you're missing something if you're not
1: at the con hotels that's true first year first year i didn't stay near the con and i missed a lot being near the con and be able to walk back to your hotel is is very useful because a lot of things go on at night
0: oh yeah and um Gen Con is expensive. Yep. Period. We can just stop there. Now this one's kind of political. I don't disagree with him, but um, finish his list, and I want to come back and talk about this one. But go ahead. Let's face it. Gen Con is the commercialization of our hobby. Uh, moving on, I'd rather go to local cons th- and where the attention is more on playing the games than selling the games. Excellent, excellent opinions, excellent thoughts, and I can definitely see his thoughts on that. And you wanted to go back to number two.
1: Do you feel Gen Con is just a gross commercialization of her hobby or you know, I know what he's trying to say I, I don't know. I, I somewhat agree, but then I somewhat Oh, that's that's brilliant, Marty. I somewhat agree, I somewhat disagree. Well why? I don't know. I just somewhat agree, and somewhat disagree. No, I guess I mean, I see what you're saying, it's like, okay, it's all about making money, but yeah, that's kind of what this hobby is about is promoting games and, and making money, but this is the premier show. I mean, I'm trying to think of a of a, an equivalent. Maybe like a Comdex for you know PCs. That's where everybody presents their new stuff. That's where you get right. to see all the new electronic gadgets, and and that's what you get excited about. Well, that's what Gen Con has become for most of these large companies. Is this is their big announcement time? So right. I, I, I guess. There is commercialization in it because well to play the games you got to buy stuff.
0: Uh, yeah, I, I mean, but that's where you get the gamers for. I mean, it's grown over time and fine. So, uh, but what con isn't kind of a
1: commercialization at some level? You know? Well, well, I think that's what he's. I think he has a good point. That's what the local cons are different. So let's take our really small local con, Mace. That's not commercialized at all. It's really all about playing games. Right. Right. Uh, and I would say that I guess. You know, uh, maybe origins, maybe a little to a little less extent, but, you know me uh, you and I are going to BGGcon, and that 's what we hear is like it 's just all about playing games, so i 'm really curious to see how this compares. So yes, I guess Gen con is in many ways just about here 's our new stuff, buy our new stuff, and by the way, oh there 's yet yeah, there 's some games outside this big hall that you can play too.
0: All right. Well, that's it um, at the table. Coming up next month, uh, we'll an- announce it in September, and we will um, get it out there. I have to think about it, and I'll have to carefully word the question. Well, we've been going on pretty well here, pretty strong hour, Marty. So um, let's what do you say? Let's just let's just take it
1: home, home here.
0: Let's just let's just wrap it up.
1: Yeah, you wrap it up, and then we'll be done in about fifteen minutes. So you know. Yeah. What? People That's know by now when they say, hey, we're getting ready to wrap up. It's going to be another 15 minutes. So, Well, let's keep it short and sweet then. So tell us quickly. We're all dying. What was Marty's impression of Kemet? All right. So for people who had listened to the episode with Rodney uh, from Watch It Play a couple episodes ago, he was big on Kemet. Uh, he wanted Kemet to win all the Dice Tower Awards. And so I reached out to my gaming group at uh, the or the game club and i said does anybody have this game i need to play it somebody was able to bring it last night and i got to play we played a five player game and this is a game that is set in like an a- egyptian period and i have been playing a lot of euros lately and this is more of an ameritrash game so i was kind of it's amazing when you hadn't played an ameritrash in a while how different mm-hmm. it feels than a euro game yeah and, and that's exactly what happened because uh, this is a game where there's direct conflict uh, so you each start out at like a, a castle a forward castle whatever I can't remember what it was called and you build up your army and you travel into the lands and you can fight other people and the the goal is to uh get these uh like uh, victory points and if you try to you cl- try to collect 8 and you can buy resources that make your armies better or make you more efficient in your economy i mean it's it, it's really it, it's really kind of cool in that you know you have this day phase you have this night phase during the day phase you can uh, d- uh do things you got like it's um It's uh, action allocation, right? So everybody starts with uh, five points of allocation. You could do something. You might can buy something or uh, build up your pyramids. And the higher level your pyramids are, the better stuff that you can buy um, off like skill trees. I'll just call them that for lack of a better term. Uh, You can uh, get more units out onto the board. Like I said, you can move your guys uh, you can, they have resources in there called like, I think it's prayer points. And when you pray, you gain prayer points and that's what you use to spend in order to buy armies or, or buy upgrades. And the goal is about taking over certain locations on the board. And when you take over a location, you may get a victory point, a temporary victory point. Somebody takes it back from you. They can take you. So it's that sort of concept. One thing I do like about it as far as combat, no no dice are involved. So when you go into combat, everything's played with cards, you know, like it was with StarCraft. Yep, I'm with you. (laughs) (laughs) What are you doing? Are you reclining while I'm talking? You just like disappear off the screen somewhere. I'm enjoying
0: your going over it, and I wanted to make sure I was paying attention. No, No. you're just I think you're just back
1: there being bored and yawning or something.
0: No, I'm not. I'm back here sitting here listening to you, not touching the computer, not doing anything. So I take in every word. I told you we were waiting to hear about your experience.
1: My gosh, man. (laughs) So anyway, you know, I'm not a big uh, direct conflict guy. Um, and this is uh, has a lot of direct conflict. And you know, when you play these games where you're you're fighting other people, especially with five people, what happens when one person start run starts running away?
0: Everybody goes after.
1: Everybody him. goes after him, right? And who is the guy that's probably going to win in the end? The guy in the last place, or or, or maybe the guy, yeah, um, the guy that's maybe sitting back, not doing anything not yes, necessarily turdling, maybe almost yeah. turtling uh, nobody bothers them that way they're building up resources building up strength and at the very end they're kind of like oh cool i'm just gonna move my army out now and beat you beat you beat you i've right. got eight points game over and you know when the guy jumps out to the lead everybody goes to take him down and you and the guy who doesn't go take him down is not losing anything right right it's like yeah uh, billy bob Go fight Billy Joe because he's ahead in points. And meanwhile, you just sit back and do nothing and, and not lose any. So anyway, it, there is that kind of a feel to it. It is a good me- game mechanically. I do like the fact that there are no uh, dice that are used in the combat. I like the Egyptian theme. Uh, Rodney's like, is my favorite game of all time. I don't know if I could say it's my favorite game of all time because uh, it's not my style of game with the direct conflict. But it's a it's a it's a Good game uh, when it comes mm-hmm. to the uh, the the way the mechanics work and everything. And I would if somebody brought it out, I would definitely play again. It went long. Uh, we did have five players, and this is the first time playing for all of us except one other person. So it did take well over three hours. And you know, after three hours, you're kind of already like somebody get eight points so it can yeah. be done sort of deal. So it was getting kind of long and night. It was a very good experience. I look forward to uh, playing again, but. I have played so many Euros lately that it was just like, boom, Maritrash. It's like, wow, I forgot how these things sort of work. Did it jump up and like slap you? It did. Some people were slapping me around all over the place. Um, But you won. I wasn't going to say that. But you did. No, you need to say it. You won. I I did because I was the guy that sat back and didn't do anything until the very end. And it was so funny. The guy who jumped out in front way ahead, he was very vocal in the group going, y'all, you do realize Marty's over here doing nothing, right? You guys aren't attacking him. And he just keeps buying stuff. And yet, you got to watch out for this guy. And everybody's like, yeah, because I had no victory points, right? Everybody was way ahead of me. And I had hardly any and so when they were fighting among themselves, there are other ways to gain victory points besides fighting. You can buy resources that give you victory points and, and whatnot. And so I just kind of snuck in the back door that. It was luck. Whenever I win a game like that, it was the first time I ever played it, it. was luck. But anyway, so, yeah, I was that guy. I'm just a non-confrontational guy when it comes to that sort of thing. Okay, so you, you, you at least can say you played it, and that's mm-hmm. great. You gave it a try. And I, I'm glad Rodney made me play it because I had a great experience he loves it. He he really really likes it. I need to play it again, and I will. I will. I do want to play it again. It just ended up being really long. I wish it hadn't been that long.
0: I, yeah, usually will. Yeah, that'll that'll hurt it sometimes. So one less player, shorten it up. Is it is it forty five minutes a player? Or is that kind of how
1: it goes? Well, yeah. I guess it. I guess it would be forty forty five minutes a player as what it was. I guess with five players last night. I mean, once we got in the groove, everybody kind of knew uh, what they were. Doing there is a little bit, there, there was a little bit of AP here and there. We kept waiting on people to hurry up, and make a decision on what they want to do, but I was it gonna ask you that wasn't mm-hmm. too bad. But I see over here that you have a Puerto Rico port part two story. What's that about?
0: Oh, this won't take very long. So, you know, last time I was on, I was talking about how um, my wife. Uh, played Puerto Rico and the second time and she did not do well and therefore did not have a very good experience and was a real bad sport about it. Well, we uh, taught my daughter and her boyfriend, like I mentioned earlier, how to play. And she joined us again. I didn't think she would, but she did. And she really enjoyed the game. So it is now out of the, it it has been removed from the band list. Sweet, I know it has come back and I was looking at it, and this is one thing that, you know, the guy who's at um, Origins and Gen Con selling the, uh, all the reduced copies of Puerto Rico. Yes. You know, the, the game is 13 years old. So the 10th year anniversary 10, he sells uh, occasionally. I was looking at that today. That is so sweet. You know, that's one of those, you, you want a ticket to ride. Puerto Rico 10th anniversary with the metal coins and things like that.
1: That would be sweet. That'd be so nice. I would rather have that over um, Ticket to Ride. It was funny last night with some of the people I was uh, gaming with. Uh, one of the guys just, you know, out of the blue says, So, what's your favorite game of all time? When you get caught off guard like that, it's hard to say what's, I don't have one particular game, but I did say, You know what? Every time I play Puerto Rico and I put it back in the box, I go, That is a good game. I Mm -hmm. always have fun with win or lose. I just enjoy that game. I only play it maybe three or four times a year, but every time I'm done with it, I'm like, that was fun.
0: Yeah. And I tried a different strategy last night. I tried to do the, instead of the shipping, I tried to do the, um, violet building victory point method. How'd it go? Um, well, I I lost, I came in last, but it was a win. I taught, you know, two new people and it's now out of the band list, but I came in, I was only five points behind the winner. My daughter, Mm -hmm. Rebecca, so, um, I, and I screwed myself up. I think I could have pulled it off, but I miscalculated buying the extra big building and I bought two small buildings for two slots. And then I looked down on my board. And I'm like, if I place that second big building, there won't be a mayor phase. And therefore I will not be able to use that big building and only get four points. And I'm like, oh crap, I screwed this up. I was like, it, But that's all right. No problem. But loved it. And much more enjoyable than the four-hour Eldritch Horror oh. eight-player, and that's not Marty. Now, I'm going I'm to lean back on this one because I know this is going to be a long story. No, it's not. It's going to be real short. We didn't even solve one mystery. We quit. Four hours and you didn't solve one mystery? Either I was doing something terribly wrong. We played As... Was it Asloff? Asloff. Oh, that's the easy one. one. Okay. Supposed to be. Isn't that supposed to be the easy one? Azeroth? Azeroth it's the one where you flip him over everybody dies. Yeah. Okay. So the the first mystery was that spend a clue point, a clue token when a gate is closed when the doom omen is matching the 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 doom omen track uh-huh. when you close a gate which matches where the doom doom omen track is or the omen track is. Yes, you may spend a clue point to do that. Yes. So if the investigator closes the gate, he, he can do it. We never had any gates that
1: were opened when the omen track was in the right position. Were you just closing? I mean, you couldn't time it to where you can make sure you close it on the right turn? They would get the gate cards. One
0: person got ready to close the gate and said, to close this gate, you have to spend two clue co- two clue tokens. And we're like, you got to be kidding us! They had two clue tokens. They couldn't spend,
1: then they couldn't use one to spend the eldritch. Did you by any chance have the character that can trade clue tokens around? Yes, or gain a clue token. Oh, um, that that didn't help any. Okay, no, it was it was it was awful. Well, number one, eight eight players I know had to be absolutely
0: torturous. And the only reason why we did it was all the kids were here. They're all fixing to go back to college, and we all wanted to play an eight player game. And the and the boys said, Yeah, let's play Eldritch, let's play Eldritch. And I said, Okay, we'll play it. I mean and it's believe it or not, it's not it's an easy game in my opinion to teach. It really is. There's not that much to do. Right. And people were like, But you know what was the most embarrassing thing of all? Hmm. I could not read the stupid cards without putting on readers.
1: It was i was like i'm so old oh. getting that age well I, I have a story about that one in a second too so but yeah so that, those were the two things however we
0: did beat pandemic in the lab in record time so we did win that before we started eldritch so oh that's that's that. oh
1: wow you got two in one night man that was a long night yes
0: yes it was it went from great success to great horror so anyway your turn
1: i pre-ordered dead of winter And Mm -hmm. I got that from Plat Hat Games this past week. And so we got to try that Saturday night. And so for those who don't know, Dead of Winter is a zombie-themed game. Don't stop the recording yet. I know a lot of people are tired of zombie-themed games. But this one is a little bit different in that, yes, it's a co-op game. Yes, there's a main objective you're trying to complete. There's two main differences with this game. One. I guess there's really only one. Everybody has a secret objective, (laughs) a a secret objective at the beginning of the game that if you complete the main objective in order to win, you also have to have completed your secret objective and your secret objective could be several things. If you have the most cards in your hand at the end of the game, if you have collected this many types of weapons and this many food, this many fuel, it varies on which one it is. So those two conditions have to happen for you to win. There's also a chance of a betrayer, a guy who is almost trying to make you lose the game as a group, but then he has to satisfy a condition of his own in order for him to win overall. Um, So like, for example, in the standard game, the way it's set up, we had four people playing. You take uh, two secret objectives for every player that's playing eight cards and throw in one betrayer. There's only one betrayer card out of nine. You deal everybody one card, that's their secret objective. So see, the chances of having um, a betrayer in there is less than 50%, Mm -hmm. but because people are trying to also do their own secret objectives, sometimes you're like, that's an odd thing they did. Why did they do that on their turn sort of deal? So you always have that feeling like somebody might be uh, wanting to stab you in the back. So you're always keeping an eye on that. But the whole, the whole concept is, is, is really cool. You've got a central area. Uh, you've got zombies that come in. You can move out to locations. You try to search for things at locations. And every round, there is a crisis card that you're trying to fulfill, um, almost like the mystery card in Eldritch, or almost like uh, in, in Battlestar Galactica, where there's a certain... Um, a card that must be fulfilled where you got to have like 15 points and they can only be a certain color, you know, blue, red, or yellow adds to it to give you towards a 15-point credit. You remember playing Battlestar? Remember that Yes. Part? Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Same, same sort of thing here. A card may say, this card needs four fuel on it and you have to contribute four fuel mm-hmm. cards, but they're face down. And at the end, you shuffle them and show them. Mm-hmm. And if there's I'm, some not I'm not a spy. I'm not a spy. Sorry. Yeah. So if there's some that aren't fuel cards, they they count against you sort of deal. So it, that has a very Battlestar Galactica feel to it. But what's interesting is, is that even though I said it was a zombie game, it's almost like Walking Dead, where the zombies are kind of just like the in the background. That's the theme, but that's not the main thing you're dealing with. It's interacting with other people around the table. And what are they doing? Okay. That the one really cool aspect is, There is something called a crossroads card that's drawn every turn. The player to the right of the active player draws a crossroads card. And on there is a trigger, a trigger text that where it says during this turn, if this happens, stop gameplay immediately and read this card. And the card is like a little story. And in it, you have to make a choice. So there's a prime example. Um, uh, Vanessa was uh, doing her turn. I had the uh, the crossroads card, and it said, "If the person is in the um, the the main central area and makes a move from that area, this card triggers." So she made a move. I said, "Stop! I have to read you a story," and that's where I had to get off the reading glasses because they put a lot of text on a little card. <laughs> it's a whole little story. So anyway, I had to pull that out. But anyway, so it was like, okay, all you people are in a compound. You see a helicopter fly over and drop a supply crate on the ground with flashing lights. You have no idea where that helicopter came from. As a group, do you want to, A, go get the supply crate, or B, say, forget the supply crate? And depending on how you vote, you read that option, it may say, all right, you go get the supply crate. But uh, you, somebody may take damage along the way, or somebody may get hurt. But you get some food in the process, sort of deal. So I love that because as you're playing, you don't know when that condition might trigger, which may totally change the game. That was really cool aspect of it. That is neat. That sounds neat. I like that. That's kind of and here's but here's what's really interesting. The first game we hated uh, because um, anytime you fight somebody. Or you move from location to location, you have to roll this D12 called an exposure dice. There's blank sides on it, which means nothing happens to you. There's a couple of them that will give you a wound, but there's one that has like a tooth on it, like a bite. If that's rolled, your character dies immediately. So you have a 1 out of 12 chance of dying. In our first round, which consisted of 4 people, the bite icon came up 4 times. 4 and then we started the second round, and it came up a fifth time. And every time you lose somebody, you drop one on the morale track. And if the morale track ever gets to zero, game over. Game was over. We all, we all stopped and went, okay, that wasn't that much fun. I mean, <laughs> my oldest son and I, we started doing tests with the die. We started rolling it like 50 to 100 times going, something's wrong because there's no way that that one side should keep coming up. So we said, let's reset. We played again the next night. I think it only came up one time that night. We actually finished the main objective, but I didn't win. Vanessa won because she finished her secret objective. So that's what's cool about it. Even though you win as a group, it's like, ah, but if you didn't finish your secret objective, you still lost.
0: So, is it kind of like kissing your cousin is what you're telling me here? That, hey, I won, but
1: uh, no, you didn't. No, you didn't. No, you didn't really win. You just finished the main objective. You only finished part one of two parts to win the game. You must win the main and the secret.
0: But I won. No, you didn't.
1: No, you didn't. What? Now, you also can, you can awesome. have multiple winners because uh, Vanessa and Travis both finished their secret objectives, and Adam oh, okay. and I didn't. So, we had two winners, two losers. Okay. That's...
0: That's neat. I can't wait to play it.
1: Yeah, you, you do need to play it. And for anybody out there that's sitting on the fence, um, again, I always recommend always play it first. But if that sounds interesting to you, um, I would definitely recommend going and check it out. Very good game. Good quality components. Plaid Hat Games, Dead of Winter.
0: Okay. That's, that's great. Um, so well, I
1: was going to ask you, I had a question for you about the game. Uh, oh, you did
0: the pre-order and you got the special little f- guy with it, right?
1: <laughs> yeah, Kodiak Colby. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, the president's uh, his name is uh, Colby, and it's like a little card of him. Yeah. Okay. So you did get that. That's kind of cool. Kodiak Colby. So the last thing that we want to talk about tonight before we, before we cut off is we got a little contest that we're going to be doing. Uh, some of you may have known that we, uh, on the last episode, we talked about a Kickstarter that's going on right now from photographer Scott King, who is doing a gaming calendar. For 2015. Now he did this for 2014. I got one; it's sitting in my office. It's a it's, it's basically pictures of board games, different board games, and um, you can select and pick the the pictures you want and what month they want it on. So he's doing a Kickstarter right now. I happened to be talking to him on Twitter the other day, and uh, I said, "By the way, I love your Netrunner picture that's in the calendar, and I'll definitely be picking that one." And he t- said, "I put that in there because of you guys." because you guys <laughs> you guys talk about Netrunner so much on your show that I decided to go ahead and add a picture of Netrunner. He said, and I don't even play the game. So I thought that that was really cool. And then he offered, he said, you know what? I want to give away a print to one of your listeners. He says, I want to give away the Netrunner print to one of your listeners as, as sort of a contest deal. And I thought, that is, that is really nice of you, because you can buy the prints uh, on the Kickstarter, additional prints. I think they're like 12 by 16 or something like that size. And he's just willing to give one away. And I said, that's nice for you to give away the Netrunner, but I said, there may be a lot of our listeners that don't like Netrunner, but would like something else. Would you be willing to do a print of anything on your current Kickstarter? And he said, yes. He said, but there's a caveat. He said, I would like you to do something additional if they pick the Netrunner. So Tony, you and I talked over the past couple of years, you and I have won or acquired some Alt-Art Netrunner cards. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So we're going to do this contest. And the contest is simply a survey monkey, and it's going to be very simple. Here's the entry, it's nothing hard. Just go to his Kickstarter page and pick your favorite game of all the games he's featuring in his calendar. That's it. Just look at all the games he has. Let us know what your favorite one is, and you'll be put into a drawing. We're going to have a link on our website. And uh, to the Survey Monkey, we're going to keep this open until the end of his Kickstarter. And I really wish I had looked up the date on the end of his Kickstarter before I had started talking about this. As I look over on the video and I see Tony typing away, hopefully looking up the end date for no, this No, I'm going to
0: jump in here while you look it up. So you, because um, a uh, couple of things real quick to, to, to add to this. Um, first off, ha, it was at the end of the show. The contest announcement. We got gotcha. you. <laughs> you didn't think it would be. You, you, you sat there and you listened, but we did. We put it at the end of
1: the show. So, ha. But anyway. We made you listen uh, all the way through. you
0: listen. You're like, God, I can't believe I had to listen to At the Table again. God. <laughs> um, so, um, But yes, um, that's all. Scott, thank you so much. August 29th. February. August 29th. That was really generous of you. And one other thing is, unfortunately, due to the fact that shipping is outrageous to get it across water, um, this is only open to the continental United States. Sorry about that, guys. Um, I wish there was something else we could do, but that's just, you know, that's how the, that's how it rolls sometimes.
1: Yeah, this you is know. coming from Scott himself, and he said the yeah. shipping from the uh, printer was really expensive going across the pond. So this is just uh, for the U.S. Uh, this will end, our contest will end the same day as his Kickstarter, which is uh August 29th at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and I was going back referencing the Netrunner. If you win the contest and you pick Netrunner, Tony and I will also ship you some alt art Netrunner cards. That way, if you do... Pick the Netrunner, which he shot specifically for us. You'll also get something additional. Don't like Netrunner? No big deal. He has a bunch of great shots to choose from, so pick one of your choosing. And, again, very simple. we got a link to the Survey uh, Monkey. Just go out there. Tell us your favorite game that he has on the Kickstarter. Give us your name and email address, and then uh, we'll randomly pick a winner from that. Yeah, be sure to get that email address right, folks, because that's
0: that's it. That's how we're going to get to you. Oh, and if you're on the Survey Monkey and you're having issues just let us know um there may be something with survey monkey and we'll immediately uh survey monkey has a limited amount of uh, surveys that can come in so we may have to kick it off into a different one and change the link and so please let us know that but we don't anticipate that happening for this contest so is anything else did we did I forget anything did you forget anything i don't know i mean we've had
1: a good good little lengthy show
0: like, yeah, we're we're still halfway there to Dan Patrice and his thing.
1: <laughs> oh, by the way, um, we'll, we'll we'll hold him to this and we'll say this in our show. Dan has said we're going to come on his show in September. Yeah, <gasps> what? I'm holding my breath. Anyway,
0: oh. <laughs> So hopefully that'd be all, that'd be great. I'm, yeah, I got he's,
1: it. he's just going to dangle that carrot out in front of us. Hey, yeah, you could come on our show.
0: So guys, thanks for listening. We really do appreciate uh, you taking the time and spending an hour and a half with us here tonight or today or whenever you listen to us. And um, once again, if you would do me a favor and just keep rolling dice and taking names. us on twitter at dice names or visit our website rolldicetakenames.com subscribe on itunes or visit our guild page on board game geek i am so glad you remembered the contest i had almost completely
1: forgotten that would have been terrible uh, yeah, especially since you teased it at the beginning. That would have been really bad to go all the way through. And it's like, you mean I listened to this one and a half hour show and didn't even hear about no contest?
0: <laughs> okay, that would have been funny too, but nice. Set. Good job. <laughs>